Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Take a licking. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer radio show brought to you by Combox Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop. National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds Program and Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kambach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kambach Feeds. Find a dealer at kambachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. I'm about to say something that may shock you. There's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is The Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today.
Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. This looks like a job for... Super Chicken? You get the super sauce, I'll don my super suit. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, um, brought to you by Calm Box Feeds. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got, well, the topic today, the hen's reproductive system. And, of course, our guest today will be Dr. Bridget McCray. So we're looking forward to that. So go ahead uh, during the Chickens in the News portion uh, to go ahead and get that Chicken Whisperer notebook out and start taking uh, or be prepared to take some notes because you're going to make sure you learn more about the hens in your backyard from Dr. McCray. Again, today's episode, the hens reproductive system. So we're just ending the, uh, the big weekend. I did not partake nor watch the big bowl game, just not into pro football myself. But uh, there was, uh, leading up to the big bowl game yesterday, I guess the day before yesterday, um, there was an, all the uh, the chicken, uh, um, whatever you want to call it. Well, Twitter really exploded with it uh, the couple of weeks leading up to the big bowl game. But uh, the number is really quite staggering. So two days ago on Sunday, here in the United States, here in America, because we have listeners from all over the world, um, Americans consumed. On Sunday alone, in one day, Americans consumed 1.35, 1.35 billion, with a B. Not m- million, but 1.35 billion. 
billion chicken wings. 1.35 billion chicken wings. So uh, how many chickens does that add up to be? Chickens have how many wings? (laughs) 1.35 billion? So what does that make that? Wow, that is a lot of chicken wings. And that's just one day. One day. Now, a few weeks ago, we did a, a special report, I guess, Chickens of the News, about uh, the interesting phenomenon in America of rotisserie chickens. And with, with Costco selling rotisserie chickens for, what is it, 3 bucks, three ninety nine, or something like that, four ninety nine, And Walmart at four ninety nine. It's just, and, and you know, the they're all there at the checkout counter. And, in fact, Costco is opening up its own chicken uh, houses and processing plant and farms and just, just to provide them with their uh, rotisserie chickens. But, um, yeah, just two days ago here in the United States, 1.35 billion with a B wings were consumed on that one day. How crazy is that? But I wanted to share that um, Wanted to share that with you. Now, here's the thing. You know I'm 100% backyard poultry, love backyard poultry. I've been promoting backyard poultry for over a decade. You know, the first poultry personality in backyard poultry ever. 33 states and counting, spreading the chicken love. So you know I'm all about backyard poultry. Changed more laws across the country to allow backyard poultry than anybody else. But I will say this, and, and if it doesn't affect you, if this doesn't apply to you, it's all good. You can send me emails if you want to about it, but it doesn't affect you. Um, to all the people who say, oh, Big Ag, they're just angry with backyarders because we're affecting their bottom line. <laughs> that still makes me laugh out loud. So the 1% of Americans, according, I think, to the USDA and some other studies who, who keep a small flock of chickens in their backyard, 1%, um, we're apparently affecting the Big Ag, which just literally provided 1.35 billion chicken wings in one day <laughs> to Americans to consume. But yet we're a supposedly a, a a big player in affecting their bottom line. We're not even a speck in their eyeball other than the fact that they obviously are concerned and have every right to be concerned about biosecurity from the backyard flocks. And we're striving and working hard to educate the backyarders on the importance, even if you have three hens in your backyard, of biosecurity, if anything, to keep your birds healthy, even from the wild commercial flocks. But, um, yes, I just had to throw that in there because uh, it's one of those things. Um, because I often post things, and that's a lot of uh, uh, conspiracy theorists and others are like, oh, we're just affecting their bottom line. They want to do away with backyard poultry. How many chicken wings do you think if every single backyard hen and rooster was cold, how many chicken wings do you think that would have provided on Sunday? (laughs) Some of you think that we're affecting their bottom line. Okay, moving along. And other chickens in the news. (laughs) <laughs> oh me um, yeah uh, Christmas chick in the, in the chat room was like hey yummy yeah who doesn't like a good chicken wing you know the teriyaki the uh, flaming hot the uh, barbecue the honey barbecue all you know all those different flavors that they've got and uh, yeah cheaper cheaper than raising them that is for sure there's been studies done um, and that doesn't include the quality of the meat or the quality of the flavoring of the eggs. We hear that argument a lot here. And um, 
don't kill the messenger. Again, we're pro backyard poultry here. Always have been. Always will be. But uh, we gotta, we gotta. I always stand up and, and stop if it's especially bogus information that's being thrown out regarding the commercial folks. Uh, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, that's well, you know, if you want to bash, bash, but do it with facts and science, and don't just make up stuff uh, to, to bash something that you personally don't uh, believe in. So, um, gotta love that. Uh, let's get back over here. Oh, chickens of the news. Chickens of the news. There was a couple of them this morning. I was going to share. Let's see what this next one is. Uh, uh, I like this one too. And this is a great segue. <laughs> I didn't plan this. I was just going through and scanning through Chickens of the News today, see what my, uh, I offer. And I saw this from the Virginian pilot. And uh, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. I guess we're all a little bit guilty of doing this somehow, some way in our life. But this just uh, kind of caught me in a humorous uh, mode here. This is a letter to the editor in the opinion portion. Uh, and the letter states, no more chicken houses. Here is. Okay, I'll just read it. When my husband Chris and I moved to the eastern shore in 1995, we discovered the wonderful natural resources here. However, the area's water is endangered by the chicken waste produced by Tyson Foods. Chicken houses and many more houses are being planned. Each chicken house requires a huge amount of water each month, and chicken waste is a potential pollutant. Tyson has a duty to be a good neighbor. I don't disagree with that. It must stop expanding the number of chicken houses and deal effectively with the chicken waste. Snowden Bolt from Cherry Stone. So I like this um, for a couple of reasons. Um, I agree with some of the things she said. But the funny thing is we moved here in 1995, and you know what? We don't like it. If, you know, they could have done their research before they moved and bought property and realized that the eastern shore uh, uh, in that area, Del Marva Peninsula, and everywhere else, the huge, huge, huge poultry processing from Purdue to Tyson to, I mean, tons and tons of folks up and down that area. But they didn't. They just probably found out later and said, oh, we can't have this. So, y'all, so, so really, Peg moved to an area. Before she did any kind of apparently investigative measures to see what was going on there in her community, bought there, and then now she's got a price. Kind of like reminds me of folks that move next to a farm that's been there for 150 years, and then all of a sudden they're like, I don't like the smell here. I'm going to start complaining about the farm next door. We've only been here a year, maybe even less than a year. But you know what? I just moved here, but by golly, I'm going to complain about the farm I moved next to that's been here for 100 years because they've got farm animals. And I don't like the sound of cows mooing. I don't like chickens crowing. I don't like the smell. Uh, but but and, and I've got more rights because I moved here six months ago, even though that farm had been there for 100 years. <laughs> so this article reminded me of that uh, that, <laughs> that we often hear about. Now, just about every... Um, class that I'm invited to, every class that comes across my desk or on my email about, hey, come learn about this and that. Wow, I don't think a week goes by that there's not a class that uh, includes um, uh, environmental management, water management, water waste runoff management, you name it. I mean, it's a huge topic 
uh, with the big commercial folks. Huge, 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 huge. It's just crazy. Dr. McRae can probably talk to us until we're so bored of hearing about it, uh, about that, all the classes she's been to um, about this, especially back in her uh, college days when she was doing a lot of commercial stuff. But um, so it's 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 obviously not, it's not taken lightly. Tons and tons of research goes into this. Um, but it's and and it's it's you know letters like this make it sound like oh we'll just push all this stuff into the bay and, and whatever no big deal. I'm not saying it's a perfect system. I'm not saying it can't be improved. But this letter just caught me off a kind of a funny moan, if you will, because it's like it reminds me of the uh, the newbie that just moved in, bought a lot, built a house, walks outside one morning and it's like I don't like that smell. <laughs> the farm next door that's been there for a hundred years. Now I've been here six months. By golly, I'm going to start complaining. So uh, we just moved here in 1995, and guess what? Uh, chicken places were there long before you. So uh, that that caught me, uh, tickled my funny bone a little bit. And then let's see, we've got another one here. I wanted to share chickens of the news. Oh, I sent this to a friend this morning. I'm not going to cover it, but study finds giving dogs raw chicken could lead to paralysis. And um, one of our pet sitters for many years, and a good friend, um, still in the pet sitting business, a big player in the Atlanta area in the pet, pet sitting business, um, uh, gives her a hat. You know, when we were uh, lived nearby, would uh, give her dogs uh, raw chicken, not cooked. Because I, I was like, hey, educate me on this. I was always told not to give your dogs bones from the table. That's cooked chicken. She kind of explained to me and educated me on it, just raw chicken, pull it out of the freezer, let it thaw out, give it to your dogs. Okay, because the bones don't splinter, I guess. like um, So it was an education for me as well. And so I sent this over to her. An Australian study uh, is giving pet owners a reason to reconsider giving their animals raw chicken carcasses. After discovering eating the meat can greatly increase the chance of a uh, paralytic disease. Um, so I have to have sent that over to her. There was one more. No more chicken houses. We did that one. Let me see this next one here. Um, oh, yeah, i got to mention here, uh, grow it, uh, uh, grow for it, want chickens. And that came to us from Village Life, a great uh, mention of my book. There's one more, though. Oh, here we go, yeah. Coop Fire, I wanted to cover this. Um, and at the end of the story, so we can't say this was absolutely 100% without a doubt a, guess what, heat lamp. But the uh, fire, our fire marshal's office is expected to arrive on Monday to assist in trying to determine the cause of the fire. However, the fire chief noticed that the chicken coop was occupied with several chickens and they were being warmed unnecessarily. Technically, we've talked about that in factor chicken coop, warmed with a heat lamp. Okay, so uh, it doesn't say how much money this caused uh, and damages, but I guarantee you it was more than $125. It says the coop and the storage shed were destroyed and it was housed. They were used to house farm machinery and a nearby parked bucket truck. We're all consumed, so we've got a bucket truck that's now destroyed, farm machinery that's destroyed, a chicken coop that's destroyed, a shed that's destroyed because of a $12 heat lamp. Let me, let me okay, so we have... We'll just say $100,000. It could be up to you know a quarter of a million or more, depending on what farm machinery was destroyed. Bucket trucks aren't cheap, right? 100 grand more, depending on the age of that. We'll just say $100,000 in damages, because they wanted to buy a $12 heat lamp and save a little money instead of buying a $100 sweeter heater, for example. Okay, uh, this 12 bucks will be fine, no problems. 
Now they're in the hole 100 grand. They've had or more than $100,000 in damages because they didn't want to say, oh, $100 a sweeter heater versus a $12 heat lamp. So uh, the heat lamp is the culprit here. We've uh, beaten the uh, um, uh, heating your chickens in the winter until it's uh, not even fun to talk about anymore. But the issue there here is the heat lamp. Let's focus on that. Um, now they have $100,000 in damages versus because of a $12 heat lamp. So, folks, if you're doing that, you know, if you're heating your coop, it's your own business, it's your own reasoning why you want to or don't want to. We've, we've beat that horse. But um, the issue here is spend the money. It's like everything else we talk about on the show, like predators, keeping your flock safe from predators. Um, at the bottom line, we can discuss predators again until we're blue in the face, and we've done it for years. At the end of the day, no matter how many episodes you listen to, no matter how many books you read, at the end of the day, what's going to keep your flock safe from predators? Research and money. That's it. At the end of the day, I don't care how scientific we make it, how easy we make it. At the end of the day, keep your flock safe from predators. Money, research on how to do it, and then the money to spend uh, to actually implement how to do it. That's it. So, uh, again, spend that money. still amazes me every day how some folks will go out and spend $3,000 on a fancy coop, then they'll refuse to buy a $100 sweeter heater to keep their chickens warm instead of paying $1,250. Oh, $100 for a sweeter heater, that's a lot of money. Why well, can't get this for $1,250? You just bought a $3,000 coop, for Pete's sake. And you're spending how many hundreds of dollars a month on chicken treats? But spending $100 on a sweeter heater, boy, that just can't do that. Uh, a vet bill, man, a vet bill, $75 for me to take my chicken to the vet to see what's actually wrong with it. I can't spend that. I'll spend $3,000 on a coop. I'll spend $400 a month on uh, chicken treats. I'll spend all this money on you know, sweaters. And, uh, and I'll spend a lot of my own time making chicken treats and granola and oatmeal and blueberries for them. Yeah, $100 for a sweeter heater. I don't know, I can't do that. $75 for a vet visit? That's just too much money to spend. I don't get it. That's just one of those things that come along with <laughs> backyard chickens, I guess. Great googly moogly. All righty, let's get on with the show today. Oh, the chat room is open. We've started doing this again. Um, we did for years. Uh, this is our 10th year broadcasting, and we're trying to open it back up and uh, and build the chat room back up. It, it is helpful. People can ask questions live during the show. And uh, sorry, archive listeners, and I know there's thousands of you that obviously this is for our live listeners to participate in. So no worries, uh, no worries there. Let's see what we've got going on. If we have already any questions popping up over here on the Facebook page, nothing yet. And let's get over here to chat rooms open, Blog Talk Radio. Dr. McRae's called in. The HENS Reproductive System with Dr. Bridget McRae. That is today's show. Let's go ahead and welcome the one, the only, Dr. Bridget McRae. Hey, Doc, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Glad hello, I could hello, make hello. it in today. Yes, me um, too. I'm sorry I didn't. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sorry I missed you uh, last week at the IPPE. It was very tormenting to me on a daily basis because it was so close and I really wanted to be there. But and people can give me heck about this if you want to via your emails. But I chose not to go because I do have a quote-unquote uh, medical 
uh, a fragile medical uh, child now, and, uh, and the flu season this year is absolutely horrendous. It's the worst it's been in years. I mean, people are dying left and right from this flu, especially kids and even younger people now. Um, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to be surrounded by thousands of people. I'm going to be shaking a lot of hands. I'm going to be talking face-to-face with tons of people, and I do not want to bring this back to my son or anybody in my family for that matter. It is horrible. People are dying left and right from this. And, uh, and, and, you know, even just going to Walmart, people go to Walmart. I'm going to Walmart and I hear people gagging. Use Walmart pickup, for heaven's sakes. Don't go inside, Walmart. I do. I do now. Yeah, we've been doing that for about a month now. I'm like, this is fabulous. But, um, but yeah, so if people are just going to Walmart and the movies and still sending their kids to school sick, you know, you know that if someone has booked flights, they have scheduled time off, are they being paid to be there? And it's a once-in-a-year type of thing. Whether they're sick or not, they're going to be there. I mean, if people just go to Walmart because they're sick and don't think of others, and you know, then they're going to this thing sick. And I, I use that as, as kind of my reasoning as, well, if they're sick, they're still going to this because they've got so much time and money invested, and, and you know, granted, but they're going sick regardless. And say, I couldn't do it I couldn't for, for the sake of my family and my son. But um, And I think you had come down with a little something. I, I don't think it was the flu, I guess. Yeah, I thought I was be. coming down with something, and then and then I realized I'd slept the whole night, like must have slept with my mouth open or something. So it must have been just like dry mouth. Yeah. So I got over whatever it was. And, like, you know, by the end of the day, I was fine. So I think that's what it was. Very, very, very good. So so we're going to talk about the female reproductive tract. Um, Even though IPPE was totally awesome, humongous, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Um, Bigger and better. Yeah. It's going to be bigger next year. Plus, it's moved a week. Because the Super Bowl yeah. is normally is going to conflict, so they moved it back a week next year. FYI, um, they were posting that everywhere. So you know, it's not like you're going to get a hotel that week <laughs> or the previous right, week. Now. Super Bowl and then IPPE. So yeah, yeah the Super no. Bowl, the Super Bowl is yeah. Good luck booking good now. Luck right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> even now. So. Talking about the female reproductive tract, that huge showroom floor, if not entirely, was partly all about eggs, whether they're for hatching or for eating. And, you know, how does your hen compare to that? I mean, she lays eggs. So do those commercial birds. How they get those eggs out of their body? Well, it's still the same system, the female reproductive tract. No, the exterior of the hen is not exactly the same, but the interior is pretty much the same. You've got about seven different parts to talk about when it comes to forming and developing an egg. Of course, first of all, you've got to have the right day length in order for the hen to actually start producing um, the correct hormones for her um, her body to to grow those gonads. Again, with chickens, the female reproductive tract tends to be almost um, most of the time very rare for something to be different, but it's on the left-hand side of the body. 
So we call it a sinistral system. So as soon as your chick arrives in the mail, she's got a right and the left um, oviduct uh, and ovary, but the left-hand side is the one that develops. Um, the other side just ends up being rudimentary. So if you were to look at your hen, she's sitting on the ground, walking around, pecking on the ground. Where is the ovary for that hen? Well, it, when you look down at her, if her head is pointing one direction, it's going to be on her left-hand side of the body. Now, ovary is going to be right about where her little wing armpit is. Um, a little bit closer to the tail, though, where you can, when you reach underneath her, her wings, you're going to feel her little armpits. And then as you run your hand back on the body, she, her uh, rib cage widens up. And it's just about where it widens up that you're going to know that's where her ovary is. Uh, so, you know, her organs kind of make room for this developing oviduct. It gets really quite large in a hen that's laying eggs. So she's going to have a little bit more weight to her, um, probably going to feel her bones change a little bit around on either side of her vent as she continues to lay eggs. Her bones will widen out, making room for all those eggs that are coming through, all those delicious eggs. And her pubic bones, are actually going to kind of widen out and straighten out a little bit too, a little bit less fat deposition back there. Where do you, Andy? Where do you think that fat goes? Although that fat that ends that normally is stored in her body, where does it end up in an egg laying hen? Huh. I bet some probably. Hmm, I don't know how much goes into the egg. How much is pooped out? How much is reabsorbed? A lot of it goes to that egg. Um, remember, about two-thirds of the weight of the entire egg really is that yolk. Or, no, I'm sorry, one-third. Two-thirds really is the uh, the white. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that egg white is water. Um, so, yeah, some of that does go to her yolk. And... You know, there's all kinds of things, yummy things that end up in the yolk. Not only is that yellow pigment in the yolk, but, um, you know, there are some vitamins in there. But, yeah, it's a lot of fat. So if you're watching your cholesterol intake, we all know now that two eggs a day for a healthy adult human is perfectly fine. Um, so that ovary is producing pretty much an egg a day. And that ovary starts out with lots of little ova, and we're not exactly sure how each individual ova is selected for growing because we know that not all those ova will be used up in the lifetime of a hen. Oh, come on. Say it um, ain't true because I was just going, I was just going over <laughs> to my Twitter uh, account because I think I mentioned this to you last week, and I had tweeted uh, did a tweet about this as well. And I was listening to a new chicken podcast that had come about, um, and uh, I was listening to it a couple of weeks ago. And the host said, um, 
We all know that the – in fact, they were they were comparing. They, they, they specific, and I'll, I'll get the quote for you while we continue on, but it was like um, – First off, they, they said that uh, the chicken you buy from Hatchery, uh, like the big hatcheries that, that sponsor the show uh-huh. and others that, that don't, um, those chickens, they run out of eggs in two years. They've laid all their eggs in two years. and they No, run. no. Um, <laughs> Please don't say that, people. So I tweeted that. I'm like, Please, no. So I, I tweeted Oh. <laughs> I said no, and that, I think that's when I texted you because because it wasn't on my tip of my tongue. But I know we had to uh, covered it many many times before. I was like, just wanted to confirm. I was like, how many eggs is that hen going with? Just like the human female. And you said like seven thousand or something. I was like, yeah, it's so, fourteen thousand. So like, yes, it's several thousand over. And so. Yes, but but they, according to this host of this new chicken podcast, they run out of eggs in, in, in two years. And then they said that you will get far more eggs from a chick that you buy from a private chicken breeder than you will from the uh, from the hatchery. Uh, far many oh, hatchery chickens. No, I'm not kidding. No, I will, I will post no. it. I will post it again. This, yeah. So if you no, buy no. Chicken, this is. I'm, oh, I'm we try so folks. hard to educate people, and then I know it. I know it. Say things like that, and it just undoes everything. And this Talk is on it. The, the, I'm not going to tell you right on the show who who the podcast is technically through, um, but but yeah, they they did say that if you buy chicks from a hatchery, that two years they've laid all their eggs. And but if you if you buy and this was a scientist. A, no, 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 no. This is just. Some Yahoo that's uh, you know that does this new podcast. This is episode number two. Um, on they have a blog. They also have a, a website, and the, the parent company has a magazine, a very very popular magazine that's out um, about just um, uh, homesteading, if you will. And okay. uh, yeah, and then they said if you buy if you buy from a breeder, uh, then that, uh, the 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 hen will lay much much longer than than the hatchery chick, just because you got it from a breeder down the street, who uh, specializes in that breed. So yeah, it was, I just, I was hoping that you know I would be able to squeeze that in because it was just letting people know that you can't always trust what you hear on some. Sorry, uh, Andy, that's Johnny, not true. Johnny Come Lately podcast about chickens now. <laughs> Oh well, okay. Well, let's let's set people straight on some of this information. Okay, so we know that there's a hierarchy of follicles in the ovary, and that hierarchy, you know, the largest follicle is going to erupt and um, tear along the stigma, which is a a non-vascularized section of the. Um, ovary and it's going to drop that ova um, which is all those nutrients, the genetic material, the fat, the pigment all surrounded by the vitellin membrane. It's going to drop out of the ovary and where's it going to go? Well, you want it to go into the oviduct. However, certain breeds, certain lines, certain genetics you know, sometimes you end up with an internal layer and occasionally one, two ovaries dropping into the body cavity, they get reabsorbed. But if your hen keeps doing it, that's going to spell the end for her. It's 
poor design. That's just the way it is. So you want that ova to drop down into the, the oviduct. And there is a little bit of musculature in the first section of the oviduct, which is the funnel, otherwise known as the infundibulum, where all the fun is. The infundibulum kind of grabs that ova, and since it's it's very thin, it's going to funnel that ova down into the the next section where some of the harder work begins on creating that egg. If your hen has been around a rooster, there are secondary um, sperm storage sites right there at the junction between the infundibulum and the magnum, and they will release uh, semen. And before anything ends up on the outside of that ova, that's when uh, semen have a chance to fertilize the germinal disc. So they work their way through the vitellin membrane and if they've got the right spot on that uh, gigantic egg yolk then they get to deliver the genetic material and then you'll have some hopefully successful embryo growth and development but as all that's taking place the ova will proceed down to the next step or the next stage in the uh, female reproductive tract. And Andy, do you remember the name of that? The so we're going down to the oviduct. Mhm. So we've talked um, about the infundibulum, and, and you know the eggs in there. Well, the the ovum in there about fifteen minutes. Honestly, what's the next step? Do you remember the name? Oh goodness, put me on the spot. <laughs> Let me think. Uh, uh, think of it as the, a type I'm going of, through it. No. Nope. I'm going through it. The it um, starts with a an M. Oh, I know because I remember because I'm a big gun fan. The Magnum. Yes, the Magnum. Another name is the Magnus. That's also an acceptable term. Uh, but it is a, a long well, not as long as, as other sections, but it's a large, thicker section of the oviduct, and that is where your beloved egg white comes in. The first layers of the albumin are laid down in the magnum. So you've got the chalazae, which are the kind of thick, ropey-like sections that are closest to the yolk. They're laid down first, That's what and then the you've yolk. got... That's what- those are those twirly little things that um, keep kind of the yolk in place within the egg on, on that, that end. Centered, kind of keeps yeah. The, yes, got it, got it. By yeah. design, you don't want that yolk to slam up against the side of the shell because <laughs> technically an egg is supposed to be hatched and you don't want your embryo destroyed by such an action. So, yeah, um, you've got it right. And, and that egg is in there for about three hours working on that. So those cells are actually churning out proteins, proteins of a very specific profile for chickens. The proteins will be different for different bird species, and the ratios will be a little bit different um, if they are the same to that of of a chicken. But, you know, what what proteins are laid down in a canary egg are going to be different from that of a chicken egg, not only in quantity but in um, type and ratio. So... 
once you've got that um, albumin or egg white laid down, then the egg will proceed to the isthmus. That's, that's what I almost said that the uh, magnum was. And I remember when I was going through that is I was reading that in um, the uh, 4-H um, poultry bowl. And uh, that's how I remember, tried to remember that. And I've associated magnum yeah. with since since we're such a, you know, gun freaks here and like negotiating and competition shooting. I was like, magnum. <laughs> Boy, where I can <laughs> well, your, your isthmus kind of wraps the shell membranes around all that good stuff. Your isthmus deposits the two shell membranes, the inner shell membrane and the outer shell membrane. And the inner shell membrane comes in direct contact with that albumin. Of course, the albumin isn't done yet. It's got more to the story in a, in a chapter or two from, from now. <laughs> um, once the inner layer is laid down, then the outer layer kind of lays down some framework that the shell is going to be based off of. So you've got, and, and when you crack open an egg, the only time you really see a separation between the inner and outer shell membranes is at the air cell end. That's where the inner shell membrane um, kind of sits down away in a gap from the shell. And you can actually peel that off and see how thin it is. Look under it, look at a microscope if you have the chance to really kind of take a look at it. You can see how it's just um, thin, fibrous material. <clears throat> and if you let it dry, you might even be able to see it, um, you know, more distinctly. So it's in the isthmus for about an hour and a half. So 75 minutes, that tends to be what you get board isthmus and that section of the oviduct is is much skinnier than the magnum um, but as the egg travels down in there uh, you start to see some of those those major changes it starts to look more more egg-like in in delivery let's get back to the to the, um, the story of the albumin so the next step here is the shell gland. And the egg is in there for a long time. A big chunk of that time is um, 20 hours is what we're talking about. A big chunk of that time is plumping. You know, your chickens need fresh, clean water all the time, not only to quench their thirst, but to lubricate um, all their joints and organs and make sure that everything's working well. And if they are in egg-laying mode, a big chunk of that water goes to the albumin. So water is added in the shell gland to the albumin that was set down around the yolk back up in the magnum. So you start to see all those layers of albumin um, you start to see the inner thin come forth and the outer thin and the in, you know the the thick albumin. Um, of course, you're going to be able to see the chalaze, but after you stop plumping, you've got while some of that's going on, you've got that outer shell membrane that has portions of um, calcium carbonate start, starting to be laid down on it 
which, you know, gradually in that 20 hours, it builds up till you've got something that's, you know, a couple of, you know, few millimeters thick. Um, and that calcium carbonate shell, you know, you've got, you've got layers that are just the foundational layers. And we went through this in one of the articles in your magazine in much more detail, um, Andy. So yep. you've got the the crystalline layer, and then you've got that, you know, of course there's pores in there that let um, oxygen enter and carbon dioxide leave. And, of course, more of those pores are found at the large end of the egg than at the small end of the egg. Which is why most often, most often you will find an air cell at the large end of the egg because there's a preponderance of pores. Sometimes it ends up on the side. Eh, things happen. But the very last thing, one of the very last things to be laid down is the pigment. So a lot of your listeners have brown shelled egg layers. And so that pigment, um, that kind of brownish pigment is from the liver actually where do red blood cells go to die well the liver the liver is a big filtration organ in all our bodies and our bodies do this too however we don't lay eggs every day um, so they take the breakdown products of of um, red blood cells and that pigment, oh, porphyrin, ends up um, being laid onto the outside of the eggshell. So talk about a recycling animal. That's a chicken for you. Waste not, want not. Um, and similarly, in the Araucana, that's also a built breakdown product um, to a different degree, uh, oh, cyanin. And um, that's laid down on the outside of the eggshell, too. That's how you get the blue-green colored eggshell. White eggshells, nope, no color. And these are breed-specific. So if a chicken has, in the American class, if a chicken has a white earlobe, they're going to lay white-shelled eggs. There are a few exceptions. Uh, brown eggs come from chickens with red earlobes. And all these rules fly out the window for bantams because of breeding challenges. A lot of that was not held true. But interestingly enough, um, the Lamona and the Holland are two breeds. Lamona's not around anymore, but um, are two breeds that have red earlobes but lay white-shelled eggs. So super cool fact. Um, you know, you've got a couple of breeds in the American class that, that defy the rules. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so you've got you've got pigment laid down, and then you've got a little bit of glycoprotein that's laid on top. It's your bloom. That's your cuticle. And they kind of block those pores for a bit. Not all of them, but some of them. And that's to help keep bacteria out because, let me tell you, you want a growing embryo to grow um, safely without being attacked by bacteria. And, of course, bacteria is everywhere, so it's a neat feature of eggs to partially block some of the pores. Um, you've got, after that, you've got the um, the vagina, which is where the egg kind of flips 
from um, small end to large end when it comes out of the body, and it's only there for a few seconds. Um, and that's also where you've got a primary sperm storage site. So if a hen has been bred by a male chicken, what it does is it, it um, when she's being bred, uh, when the male treads on her back, she'll evert part of her cloaca, and specifically she'll evert part of her oviduct, and that sperm will go over, if it's viable, It'll go over three ridges in the vagina and um, be stored in the primary sperm storage site. There's a little bit of a weeding mechanism in there to weed out any sperm that's either, um, you know, maybe it's damaged or um, maybe it's dead. So at the primary sperm storage site, you have um, sperm packed in there that should all be viable. Whether it dies between the primary and the secondary sperm storage site, it happens. Um, but that's just something for y'all to consider. And like I said, the egg is only in the vagina for a few seconds before it passes out into the cloaca, which we know the cloaca is where everything dumps out into, whether it's the the, um, the oviduct, the ureters, the digestive tract, and even the immune system is located there. In a younger hen, you have um, you have uh, what may still be visible, which is um, the bursa of Fabricia. Of course, you don't tend to see that in the older hen. Christmas Chick has a question in the chat room. She's asking, how long can a hen store semen? Oh, it varies a little bit. Um, some have been known to store it for a couple of weeks, whether or not that semen tends to be viable. That's the question. But um, with, with let's use, for example, the turkey industry. They will have teams that go around and breed turkeys every week to 10 days to make sure that um, the eggs that those hens lay remain hatchable. So if you've got a rooster that you're trying to split between two pens of hens, um, or if you're trying to breed hens without, um, without keeping a rooster in with them, you might want to do that weekly or every 10 days, thereabouts. And mostly my numbers represent uh, commercial uh, birds. So if you've got a super rare um, blue-laced red Wyandots. Uh, I don't know if those numbers would hold up the same because nobody's done the work on that. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. Hey, wouldn't it be great if some numbers came out on all these different rates? But, <laughs> you know, normally well, people will keep those those roosters in with the hens during the breeding season. However, if you've got <clears throat> Say you've got a neighbor who's got the perfect rooster, but your biosecurity and his biosecurity don't see eye to eye. You may be able to just collect semen from the rooster and deliver that to your hens on a regular basis. So there you go. <clears throat> so how long is the egg actually in the cloaca? Well, if you go on YouTube, there's some pretty cool videos of hens that are about to lay eggs and gotten right up in there and looked at um, how the hen's behavior changes and what she's doing and 
what the hen does is as that egg is moving from the shell gland through the, the, the vagina and into the cloaca, she's going to start to lower her vent towards the ground because the further an egg has to drop, more likely it is to break. So her behavior gets her to actually lower her vent, her vent down just a little closer to the ground, and um, that egg will roll out, hopefully on the soft, clean surface that you have provided. <laughs> However, it seems like most of these YouTube videos seems to find a hen in a really weird position, like on top of the coop, where it's really easy to see what's going on. <laughs> but um, hopefully some new videos have been added that are – you know, hens laying right in the nest box, and you can see what's going on. So it's important to keep your nest box really clean, uh, free of fecal material uh, and snakes, <laughs> just on general principle, so um, you can, so that your hens, you know, aren't being you know, molested in there as they're trying to, to lay their eggs. And it doesn't have to be one hen to every nest box. Um, they do share nest boxes, and, and communal nest boxes can hold up to 50 eggs, So, and they're a lot longer. It just needs to be a space where the hens feel comfortable, and so they'll hopefully lay their eggs in the nest box and not on the floor, which tends to be a little bit dirtier. So as soon as she lays her eggs, whether or not she decides to sing the song of her people is totally up to her. <laughs> so... Depend, you know, you can ask her to stop, but, you know, she's already starting to release or she may have already released the ova up inside of her body for tomorrow's egg. As soon as she lays that egg, she's starting a hormone cascade that um, allows the next ova to be released and, you know, progress from the ovary down into the oviduct and start the process all over again. And again, we know that, you know, 14 to 16 hours of light is best for making sure that those gonads are in production. And um, I think, Andy, you will find the next article for Chicken Whisperer magazine super interesting because we kind of talk about light and how that affects egg production and how on earth do you choose what you put forth. And I found a totally cool new product at IPPE that I know your listeners are going to get stoked about because I know how you feel about um, heat lamps. And so, you know, the question is, it's winter, it's cold. How do you keep your chickens warm, still provide them with light? Well, read the article. I think you'll find this new tool for your toolkit listeners awesome. So uh, there you go, point. Andy. Um, any questions for from Christmas Chick as a follow-up? Let's see. Um, we had one that we kind of talked about. Um, people ask her all the time on our farm, how many years will a healthy hen lay? Um, and then she had to ask about how long can a hen store the semen. And I did pull my Twitter account up uh, just to confirm accuracy and um host of this new uh, chicken podcast stated that hatchery chicks lay all their eggs in two years. Um, they also had stated that by far uh, the majority of farm store chicks are vaccinated, and we know they are not. 
So that was other bad information that if you go into the big box stores or even your local farm store, in most cases, um, those chicks have not been vaccinated for anything. I don't know why you would want to create fear about vaccination. That almost seems like that's what's going on. And possibly, <sighs> most likely, all of them, all of them, and they know that. And I had to respond to that that most are likely not vaccinated. I was like, where do you get your information from a chicken blog? <laughs> and then they mentioned also in this podcast about a really cool, and I'm going to look for this breed this spring, um, a really cool white legger that lays two eggs a day. So uh, I, I want to try to find that white legger, and I want to find that variety, uh, that breed, that, that breeder, and, uh, and make sure that I order. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I would like to see want, that. Yeah, I want, I want to see this uh, this uh, white legger that lays two eggs every single day that they refer to in this podcast. So, uh, hey, I got to go to a commercial break, but I will be back in just a moment. We're talking with poultry scientist Dr. Bridget McRae, PhD. We're talking about the hen's reproductive system. We're kind of wrapping it up here. Uh, we may have a couple of questions when I come back, so stay with us. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. How would you like to sleep in on the weekends without having to get up early to let your chickens out or not have to rush home after eating dinner to shut your chickens in for the night? And who's had the unfortunate surprise that a raccoon, possum, or fox got to your chickens because you forgot to close the coop? Well, your days of worrying have come to an end. Introducing the Chicken Guard Automatic Chicken Coop Door Opener. Working off either the timer or light sensor, Chicken Guard automatically opens your coop door in the morning to let the girls out and shuts it at night to keep them safe. Tried and trusted by over 40,000 users worldwide. Buy Chicken Guard online at chickenguardian.com or your local farm and feed store. That's chickenguardian.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 
100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. All right, folks, thanks for staying with us today. Uh, how did you enjoy today's show? Let me hear it. Yep, how cool uh, is that? Let me get back over here and bring uh, the switchboard, and uh, we'll bring back on Dr. McCray. I'll do a final check in the chat room to see if we have any other questions. And... I do have an announcement to make, Andy. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, when you mentioned Christmas chick, that reminded me I'm going to be in Florida on the 24th for the Florida Chicken Expo. And um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that uh, Christmas chick will be there and I can finally meet her face to face. So we've got a whole lineup similar to Cooptastic. There's uh, topics on nutrition, diseases, uh, salmonella and egg safety, GMO feed. Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, external parasites, quality of life and euthanasia, myths, um, breeding, you know, strategies all the way through brooding and how to manage your flock. Of course, biosecurity is going to be built into a lot of my talks, but there will be folks there who are going to cover a bunch of topics. And they have their own website. It's floridachickenexpo.com. You do have to buy tickets to come. It is going to be in Bartow, Florida, at the County uh, Stewart Center. So if you're thinking about, hey, I want some opportunity to talk to someone in person, um, go to a talk, uh, this is a great event, and it's entirely educational. I think you guys are going to like it. So heads up, heading to Florida. Um, I'm going to be going with a couple of my colleagues here at Auburn University. Dr. Hess and Macklin are going to go with me and we're going to pop on down there. So, hey, Florida listeners, we're heading your way. That sounds fabulous. I'm so glad that more people around the country are 
are um, bringing folks like you in versus, say, the, the blogger that's kept chickens a few years and just says, oh, this is what worked for me to work for you. I'm, I'm so thrilled that people are catching on and saying, hey, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's so much better for their attendees to get the right information the first time without question, and, and uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, hey, get, um, you had shared an article from this gentleman. And he has since uh, wrote an article for our new spring issue, and that's uh, Tom Tabler, an associate, I guess, Tabler, over at Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah, Tabler. So mm-hmm. uh, he's he's he wrote a, uh, and that, that thing you had sent me was fascinating. So I asked him to if I could either copy it, share it, uh, and he kind of tweaked it a little bit more for the backyarder. But I think his article is going to be in the spring issue uh, as well. I wanted to mention that because he's extension professor there at Mississippi State. Uh, what is that one state over from you? Um, yep. And uh, so I'm so glad that y'all are. Uh, Heading to Florida for that event, and that's what day? You said the 24th of February? Yes, February 24th, and it starts at 8 and ends at 5. 8 to 5, a whole day of good old chicken education from the experts. Got to love it. So uh, let me see if (laughs) she said anything in the chat room about being there. Oh, she said she won't be there. Um, No! She says, it's only a couple hours from me and I'm going to be somewhere else. However, a good friend who also writes for my magazine, in fact, she has an article that's coming out in the spring issue about emus, adding emus in your backyard. (laughs) Um, uh, Alexandra Douglas, who's also been on the show, uh, also known as the Quail Lady, she's going to be there. She's an author and uh, an all-expert on quail. So she's so I'll definitely have you guys hook up since y'all both contribute to the magazine and have contributed to the show uh, as well. So uh, Alexander Douglas, shame on you, Chris. Well, I'm not going to be there either, so I can't say shame on you. But uh, a couple of hours away, come on. And uh, so uh, she can hop on that. See how that, see how that goes. <laughs> Two hours. I mean, she could just hop on her uh, – her, her new golf cart that she's got. I saw some Facebook pictures of her and her new golf cart. And it actually is a four or five seater, so she can put a lot of people on that golf cart and just leave, you know, maybe right I don't after think midnight. The battery radius is all that big for a golf cart, Andy. I'm so sorry. The more people you want at the spot, the slower it goes. <laughs> she's apologizing, though. She said she would love to meet you, but. Um, She's not. She's got prior commitment. So, uh, hey, thanks. Thanks for coming on today. We do have you on. This was a makeup show from last Thursday because IPPE, but it looks like um, you'll be on next Thursday, the fifteenth, and we'll have another awesome educational topic for that this Thursday, two days from right now. Actually, not right now because it'll be a two p.m. show. Um, Two days from now on the 8th, we'll have uh, Dr. Pateski. They'll be on the show talking. I'm sure something about. the health of our backyard flock. So I want to remind everybody about that two days from now. And thank you for coming on. And, oh, no, that's not related to chickens. Well, I guess so because I know vaccines and eggs have a lot to do with each other. But did you see, and we always, UGA always seems to come up. I saw yesterday that UGA is very close. That was the term, very close to coming out with a flu vaccine that covers all Did you happen to see that? Not for chickens, of course, for for humans. Yeah, it said UGA close to coming out or close to releasing a new flu vaccine 
that will cover all strains. I don't know how that's possible. Cool. That's what it says. We'll see if they make, make any gains with that once it's released. So I'll volunteer to be a guinea just... pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming from the, the, the uh, student that's had Campylobacter and Salmonella and all of those petri dishes. That and I had the flu the earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. yep, you did. And yeah, you, you just seem to be your own walking petri dish all over the country. Or, yeah, that's what my <laughs> sister says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Hey, thanks for coming on today. I'm going to let you go and and um, keep spreading the chicken love over there in Alabama. And um, we will see you next Thursday uh, right back here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. Great show, The Hen's Reproductive System with Dr. McCray. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, guys, if if you if you uh, take any way from anything away from today's show, I guess there would be two things. Number one, maybe three things. Number one, the hen's reproductive system. What a great show! Thanks, Doctor McCray, telling us like it is. Boom, there you go. Number two, in one day, Americans consumed 1.35 billion chicken wings. 1.35 billion chicken wings in one one day. That's America for you folks. Yeah. And then number three, not all chicken podcasts are created equal. Okay, I'm still waiting to hear back to find out which white legger lays two eggs a day. I'm still waiting to hear back what science they had that shared that hatchery chickens lay all their eggs in two years. And um I'm still waiting on that. So not all chicken podcasts are created equal. Tread lightly. And uh, my tour coming up in April, April 6th, April 20th, and I will be up in Michigan spreading the chicken love all over the state. And I will have dates and times and locations coming hopefully in the next 30 days. Because I would love to see you. I will have both my first book, Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, available. And I'll have my new book just released in December, Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, where we blow out of the water information found on chicken blogs, chicken forums, and chicken TV shows where things are not fact-checked before it goes to air. So uh, thanks for tuning in today. We do appreciate you all the thousands and thousands of listeners of the show, and there are plenty of you, go over and get a free subscription to Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Free, online, subscription, com. Click subscribe to the digital edition, and then you can get all this awesome educational information for, wait for it, free. How cool is that? Go sign up. I had several people this week actually want to know how they could get the print edition. Same place, chickenwhisperermagazine.com. And uh, it's $9.95 a year. What a great bargain. And uh, no bloggers write for my magazine. So you're uh, safe to say that what you're going to see in there is the real deal. So we appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you this Thursday, two days from today, with poultry veterinarian Dr. Pateski. And that'll be uh, this Thursday, 2 p.m. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And God bless everybody.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 